Hey, it's KJ with Living Christian, and welcome to the Bible Reading and Coffee Drinking Podcast. If this is your first time here, what we do on this podcast is read a chapter of the Bible, drink a little bit of coffee, and talk a whole lot about Jesus along the way. Each episode dives into Scripture and discusses it in a somewhat modern and relatable way. I'll also be answering some questions from my social media followers. They'll submit a question if you'd like me to answer it. Oh, and we'll drink coffee along the way as well. Although our main focus is reading the Bible and drinking some coffee, we will also occasionally be doing some interviews, some random other messages along the way, so be sure to check back often. If you feel the urge to support the podcast, you can do so right here on the podcast page. If this podcast helps you grow in your faith, maybe consider sending it to a friend or uh, maybe dropping a rating or review. It certainly helps us get the word out. And also, make sure you check out livingchristian.org for Bible verse lists, Christian blog, an apparel store with a bunch of Christian t-shirts, hoodies, hats, and more. It's awesome. All at livingchristian.org. And if you're there, make sure you use the code PODCAST20. That's a special code for 20% off our entire store, only for our podcast listeners. So PODCAST20. Use that when you're on livingchristian.org. Now, let's get to the episode. All right, let's get started with Galatians 5 today. Hopefully you guys um, have caught up. If you missed any of the four previous episodes, you can check them out on the previous uh, podcast or on YouTube uh, if you'd like and catch up. Uh, but Galatians all is all about Paul writing a letter to the Church of Galatia, talking about how they've been falling away a little bit from the, just the fact that Jesus is the reason we are saved and, that, and He's our salvation and our way to heaven. So they've kind of fallen back to some of the Jewish traditions at the time. Uh, so he's kind of writing this letter to the, the Church of Galatia, uh, describing to them how they need to make sure they stay focused on Jesus Christ and not kind of fall back into the old Jewish tra- traditions and customs that they may have uh, either abided by themselves or known at the time. A lot of these people were uh, Gentiles at the time, so they weren't used to um, the Jewish traditions, but they, they were getting a little confused. So that's where we're leading up to Galatians 5. So uh, let's start. Freedom in Christ. Uh, follow along. I have the New Living Translation version of the Bible. It's the one I use, uh, so you can follow along with whatever you like. Um, so Christ has truly set us free. Now, make sure that you stay free and don't get tied up again in the slavery of the law. So this kind of sums up his entire book of Galatians. Is Christ has set us free. Jesus has freed us from our sin. And you can stay that way. But don't get wrapped up in being abided by the Old Testament Scripture laws and the Mosaic laws and the, specifically the Levitical laws. All right, verse 2. Listen, I, Paul, tell you this. If you are counting on circumcision to make you right with God, then Christ will be of no benefit to you. I say it again. If you're trying to find favor with God by being circumcised, you must obey every regulation in the whole law of Moses. If you're trying to keep yourself, make yourselves right with God by keeping the law, you have been cut off from Christ. You have fallen away from God's grace. He's making a clear distinction right there that either you accept Christ as your Lord and Savior, and He and you believe in Him, you believe and you follow Him, or you are distant from God. Right? You'll find no benefit with you. You have trying to find favor with God being circumcised. If you're obeying by these old traditional Jewish custom laws at the times, that is not going to get you to heaven. It's not going to earn your way to heaven. The only way is through Christ, through Jesus. And he's he's adamant about making sure he kind of reinforces that over and over and over again. Uh, verse 5, But we who live in the Spirit eagerly, eagerly wait to receive by faith the righteousness God has promised us. For when we place our faith in Christ Jesus, there is no benefit in being circumcised or being uncircumcised. uncircumcised excuse me. What is important is faith expressing itself in law. Okay, don't get too hung up on 
uh, him focusing solely on circumcision. But that was a main tradition at the time, especially obviously for the men, right? You had to be circumcised to show your kind of uh, sacrificed, so to speak, uh, to God. And it was a big tradition, and that was one of the gateways of getting into heaven, right, was the circumcision. So that's why he's hitting on that, because it's relatable to the people of the time, okay? All right, uh, where are we? Verse 7. You were running the race so well. Who has held you back from following the truth? It It certainly isn't God, for he is the one who called you to freedom. This false teaching is like a little yeast that spreads throughout the whole batch of dough. I am trusting the Lord to keep you from believing false teachers. God will judge that person, whoever he is, who has been confusing you. Now I'll say, you know, I'm going to have a sip of coffee. I'm going to talk about false teachers a little bit. You know, false teaching, it's all over the place even today, right? So you're talking 2,000 years ago, almost, um, that he is preaching against false teachers. The, the, the world around this, these people were trying to pull them away from Jesus. Sound familiar? So they're hearing all day long that this is the way you're supposed to live. This is the way to find peace. This is the way to find heaven. And it's through the Mosaic Laws and it's through these other customs. And he keeps telling them, don't fall for this false teaching. And I think how we relate that into our lives day to day is we have false teachings everywhere. And whether that is people that maybe on this app, maybe it's at your church, maybe on TV, that are preaching a, a false gospel, that's one part of it, okay? But that's not solely what he's talking about here. He's also talking about all these other things, these circumstances around your life that pull you away from Christ and try to convince you that this is the way to happiness, or this is the way to joy, or this is the way to heaven, versus the way the Bible teaches, which is through Jesus. So I don't care whether you're, you know, you're being taught falsely through a social media channel, or whether you're getting distracted by things around you. They're trying to promise you wealth and happiness. The only way you can find true joy is through Jesus Christ. All right, let's go to verse 11. Dear brothers and sisters, if... Uh, if I were still preaching that you must be circumcised, as some say I do, why am I still being persecuted? If I were no longer preaching salvation through the cross of Christ, no one would be offended. I just wish that those troublemakers who want to mutilate you by circumcision would mutilate themselves. That's harsh, isn't it? And he calls circumcision mutilation there. So you can see how far he's come from the Mosaic laws to where he is now. And how Paul has changed, basically from Jew to Gentile, so in, in, in a way, right? All right, verse 13. For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. Right, this is an important verse, verse 13. I'm going to read that again. For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use that freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, Use your freedom to serve one another in law, in love. Sorry, verse fourteen. For the whole law can be summed up in one command: love your neighbor as yourself. If you're always biting and devouring one another, watch out, beware of destroying one another. All right. So he's calling back Jesus' own words there when he talks about love your neighbor. So somebody, uh, one of the apostles, I can't remember which one, uh, asked Jesus, you know, what is the greatest commandment? And uh, his response was, love God with all your heart, soul, your mind, right? And the second one, equally as important, is love your neighbor as you love yourself, okay? So that's what he's calling back, Jesus' own words there 
in verse 14. <clears throat> so what he's talking about is living in freedom, right? Living in the freedom in the sense that you've been saved from your sins, that Jesus has died for, sa- for saving you. On that cross, your sins had died. That's the freedom that we have as Christians, which is a beautiful thing. But don't use it to satisfy, satisfy your sinful nature. So just because you're saved and, and forgiven of your sins doesn't mean you get to go out and go sin and do whatever you want to do, right? <laughs> Paul's like, that's not how it goes, right? So make sure you use that freedom and to love one another and helping them understand that they are free as well. If they would just accept Christ. So, let's uh, wrap it up here. Living in the Spirit's power. Excuse me. All right, verse 16. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry your own good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. Okay, so living in the Spirit, right? How do you let the Holy Spirit guide your life? First and foremost, you have to accept Christ as your Lord and Savior, right? You have to be born again in that sense, right? And when you do, the Holy Spirit comes in you and guides you the rest of your life. But he either... Even though he guides our lives, we still have a sinful nature. The sinful nature wants you to do evil, which is the opposite of what the Spirit wants. So what he's talking about is, even though right, you are born again, you have the Holy Spirit guiding you in your life, even though that's the case, the evil, the sin, your sinful nature will still try to pull you away from that. Your sinful nature will still try to get you to do evil, to sin, to counteract Jesus' teachings. These two forces are fighting each other, as he talks about. So expect, I always get this question a little bit, of, of why is it so hard after I accept Christ? Why does my life seem more difficult at times? Well, that, Paul sums it up right there, right? Evil is still there. Your sinful nature is still there. You have the Holy Spirit guiding you and protecting you, but those two things are battling constantly. You know, you, 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 the old TV shows, the old things, you had the, like the angel on one shoulder and the devil on the other. You still have two kind of forces battling for your soul. Now, even though you've accepted Christ, you have the Holy Spirit guiding you, and you are saved, it doesn't stop the devil from trying to pull you out of that. All right? He does, if anything, it makes him work harder because he's so angry that he feels like he's losing you. Okay? So understand that that's going to be the case. All right, verse 19. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, ideology, idolatry, sorry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, whew, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, let anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. That's a long list of sins. All right, let's read that a, a little bit closer. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, so he's talking about if you're not following or letting the Holy Spirit guide your life and you fall you fall victim to your evil, you know, nature, 
<clears throat> your sinful nature that you have in you, you're going to fall into sexual immorality, which the Bible's clear about. That is any kind of sex outside of the bondage of marriage, right? Impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling. This, some of these are interesting in the middle here. Quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division. Think about that that one right there before you get to verse 20, division. I would say, you know, I live in the United States, as you guys know. And we're so divided as a country right now. And you could certainly make the argument that we've pulled Jesus out of everything. All right, no longer, we don't have prayer in school. Uh, it's almost, uh, and I think I saw right the other day, we have less and less people, especially people under the age of 30, that actually believe in God and believe in Jesus. I think that's taking a toll on my country, okay? And it's creating this division uh, between people, not just Christians and non-Christians, or Democrats versus Republican, but neighbor versus neighbor. It's crazy, and, I, and in my heart, I know, is because the devil is fighting so hard, and he's got a hold of some of the institutions in my country, and the news, and the media, and the entertainment, and the government at times, uh, and I do feel that that is causing such division. Um, and only the Holy Spirit can cure, can cure that. And he goes on to talk about envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. So he, he leaves drunkenness and wild parties to the end, uh, but it doesn't mean it's less important than the beginning. But it is interesting the, the order that he puts these sins in, right? Starts out with sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, right? Like So he starts off right then with kind of sexual immorality being one that you're going to fall into. Then he goes into kind of personality issues, anger, envy, self-ambition, division, and then he wraps it all up with being an idiot and being drunk and at wild parties. <laughs> It's interesting the order that he puts those in. I, I, they have to be on purpose. All right, we're in Galatians 5 for those who are just joining us. Uh, verse 22. Um, actually, yep, verse 22. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love. So this is the, this is the counterpoint to that, right? Your sinful nature creates lustful thoughts, impurity, immorality, drunkenness. Now, if you have the Holy Spirit, this is where it goes into. But the Holy Spirit pr produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love. Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There's no law against these things. So he's, he's laying his argument down of what do you want, Church of Galatian, Galatia? You want to fall victim to the devil and the evil? This is what you're going to fall into. You're going to fall into drunkenness and lustfulness and all these bad things, all these sins. But with Christ, if you give your life to Christ, the Holy Spirit will produce love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Amazing. So, make your choice today. What do you want? <laughs> right? You want Galatians 5, you know, 19 through 21, or do you want uh, Galatians 5, 22 through 23? I choose 22 through 23. And then he follows up, he, we sum it all up in the verse 24 through 26. Those who belong in Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to the cross and crucified them right there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. 
Let us not become conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. So if you have the Holy Spirit in you and he's guiding you, all those sins that were up there, the drunkenness, the envy, the quarreling, the lustful, it's all pinned on the cross. It's all gone to Jesus, and he absolved you of that. He saved you from that life. Even though it's still pulling at us, truth be told, every day, devil's working. He's going to try to pull you into self-ambition, drunkenness, lust, immorality, sexual morality, all these things. But if you reject those things and focus on Christ, you'll have those beautiful things in 22 and 23. Just love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Sounds a whole lot better to me than the long list of sinful things that he talks about before. All right, so we're going to wrap up Galatians 6. On Friday, thanks for joining me for Galatians 5. So uh, let's hit some questions. I have a sip of coffee, and I'll, I'll see uh, if I can answer some questions for you guys. Oh, it's good coffee today. All right. Uh, first question, and this is going to be related to what we just read. It looks like, if the sinful nature was crucified on the cross with Christ, why does the sinful nature still have influence? Because the devil's still active in your life, and the devil's still active in this world, period. All right, they're pinned to the cross— meaning that Jesus died to save your soul from those things. If you do fall into that sinful nature that he listed there, right? Because of the cross, you are saved from them, period. Doesn't mean they go away. There's only one perfect person ever in the history of this entire planet, this space rock out here right now, and that's Jesus Christ. You're not perfect. I'm not perfect. We need him to help us battle those that long list of sinful things, okay? But we can't do it on our own. That's why he died on the cross, to save us from ourselves, to save us from those sins. All right, let's sit in that question. Uh, let's see what else. Um, what does the Bible say about trousers for women? Absolutely nothing. And this kind of goes back to the Church of Galatian as we're talking about the old Mosaic laws and, the, and Levitical laws versus the, uh, the new covenant with Christ. So there's a lot of old laws in the, in, the, in the Old Testament that the Jewish people at the time had to abide by. And whether that's not eating shellfish or not wearing mixed cloth fabric or, or not trimming your beard or your hair, there's a bunch of stuff in there that uh, they had to do in order to earn favor from God. Those no longer apply. That's the whole book of Galatians that we're reading right now is solely showing you that. It's showing you that there's a new way to heaven. All right? And it's through Jesus Christ. It's not through earning it, through abiding by the laws. You can eat pork, you can eat shellfish, you can do whatever you want on those things, okay? It's fine, okay? Unless you're a, a Jewish person from 2,000 years ago that's trying to earn your way to heaven through that and waiting for the Messiah to come, then they don't apply to you. Period. That's it. Period. Uh, all right, let's see one more question. And then uh, I did see something about my salt lamp behind me. Salt lamp, okay for Christians? I do have a salt lamp back here. It has nothing to do with any sort of mystical healing powers or nothing. I like the light. It was my dad's. It was given to him. Uh, and I thought I'd kind of keep it uh, here because uh, my dad passed away a few years ago. Uh, so I keep that here. Uh, but it has, I don't believe in any sort of mystical powers over those things so i don't i don't use a salt lamp i just like the look and feel of it all right let's see um 
Where do I find the podcast? Uh, you can go to livingchristian.org, and you can just go to the podcast there. But you can find it anywhere. So Spotify, uh, iTunes, or Apple, um, Amazon, Music, there's all it's everywhere. So just look up Bible Reading Coffee Drinking, and you will find it there. One more question, and then we will get out of here. Um, does the Holy Spirit ever leave us when we sin too many times? Ooh, that's a good one. Ah, tip of coffee for that one. Uh, there's a there's an age old debate. The old uh, once saved always saved debate. Uh, and because once you're saved, once you accept Christ as your uh, as your Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit enters you. Now, will he, will he ever leave you? No. Can you reject it? Yes. So Jesus talks about the one unforgivable sin, right? That's blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. That's it. A lot of questions on what that is. A lot of debate on what, that's a, what that is. In my opinion, blasphemy against the Holy Spirit is the complete rejection of Jesus Christ in your life. So if you have been given the opportunity to accept Jesus Christ, and you've rejected Jesus, then you have... You, you have uh, done blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. That's it. So, so the question for my mind is, is it once saved, always saved? Can the Holy Spirit leave you? I would say the only way the Holy Spirit can leave you is if you completely reject Christ. Even if you accepted it before, or even if you have uh, known about it, but if you take the stance of that Jesus is not your Lord, my Lord and Savior, and it's fake, this, that, and the other, and you reject and you run the other way, then technically you're not going to be saved. And that is blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. So to answer your question, can the Holy Spirit leave you? I, I, I guess so. I don't, I, I, that's a struggle, right? If you accept Christ when you're 20, and you follow Him for 10 years, and then when you turn 30, 40, 50, and you reject Christ, does that mean you're saved? Probably not. So stay with Christ, okay? I think it's important. All right. And if you're confused, I see that somebody asking that if you're confused. Being confused is one thing. Rejection is another. Okay? Being confused is uh, the fact that you haven't fully accepted him yet. It doesn't mean that you've rejected him. So my advice to you, if you're confused, keep reading. Keep reading. Read this book. Read your Bible as much as possible. And if you've never read it before, Start with the Gospels. Learn about Jesus. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Go through the New Testament. And then go back to the Old Testament if you'd like to. I, I've done that this year. Okay, I read the entire New Testament, and I'm almost done with the Old Testament. Um, I'm on track to finish by the end of the year. Okay, So I did it that way because I liked, uh, I liked reading about Christ, learning about Him, learning about all the letters from Paul, learning about everything, and then going back with that mindset and reading the Old Testament. Because Jesus is everywhere throughout it. At the beginning of Genesis, we talk about us. Like if they, God reverenced himself as us, what, is it, what do you think that means? Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Jesus was from, right from the beginning. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with, was with God, the Word was God in 1 John. He's talking about Jesus. Jesus was there from the beginning. So I love the fact that I read the, the New Testament and then go back and read the Old Testament with that mindset of knowing that Christ is sprinkled throughout it. You know what I mean? So, y'all hear my dog barking? Bear, wake up. Speaking of bear.
Uh, he's asleep over there. All right. Uh, let's uh, say a prayer for you guys uh, and for our world as we go through terminalist times right now, and then we'll, uh, we'll get on about our week. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you today thanking you so much for the opportunity to read the book of Galatians the last few weeks. We have one more day, and we're excited about what Friday may bring. Thank you for instilling this on our hearts and helping us understand that our old life is gone, and we're starting a new life with you. The importance of being born again. We no longer have to abide by the old laws. We no longer have to be circumcised. We now can live in Christ. All of our sins are pinned on that cross, and we know that. Give us the strength to fight harder, to stay away from our sinful nature. All the things that Paul listed in that, in that book. Help us stay away from lust and idolatry and anger and sexual immorality. Just help us. Give us the strength to battle those things. We have the Holy Spirit with us, and we believe it, but we need help, Lord. We need Him and you to lead us, because we can't do it on our own. We are too weak, and we need you. Be, please be with everybody listening to this or watching this right now. Be with our world. I, with so much turmoil in the world, it feels so dangerous right now with Russia and, and other countries and even the division in my own country that we talked about earlier. Um, I'm not fearful, Lord. I'm faithful in you. But I am worried. I'm laying my worry on the, on the feet of the cross today, Lord. I'm giving it to you because I can't do anything about it, but you can. Please be with everybody watching this right now. May they have peace in their hearts. In Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. All right, guys. Love you guys. We'll see you guys on Friday. We'll wrap up Galatians 6, and we'll start a new book soon, but we'll wrap up Galatians on Friday. If you miss any part of this, check it out on the podcast or on YouTube. Just look up uh, livingchristian.org. We have everything there on the website. You can find those things. Uh, and until next time, keep uh, you know Jesus in your heart and forever on your mind. Talk to you guys soon.